welcome you to the Vision Driven Marriage Podcast, where uncertain and disconnected couples can find encouragement and equipping. We're Doug and Leslie Davis, and in this episode, we explore the concept of covenant and how to apply three simple biblical principles to solidify your marriage. Welcome to the Vision Driven Marriage. We are so glad that you're here. And today, Leslie and I want to dig a little deeper into one of the concepts that Heather Erdman shared with us. In her book, she talked about the difference between covenant and contracts. And that topic is very relevant in today's uh, marriages because we often behave as if we're in a contractual um, in a tra- contractual relationship. And we're really not when we're in right. a marriage. Now, when, when we get married, the state that we live in does consider it a contract. But God considers our our marriage to be a covenant and we've got an example from him of what a covenant really looks like so leslie how how would you describe the difference between a covenant and a contract well i think in order to describe it i think we need to define what a contractual relationship looks like um yesterday our water heater went out and um, we just immediately called the repair guy and said hey come fix our Um, our water heater because we didn't want to have to take cold showers in the mornings. Um, That's a contractual relationship. He came to fix the water heater and we will pay the bill. You know, um, if he hadn't fixed the water heater, we wouldn't have paid the bill. And so, uh, but he did. And thankfully we have hot showers. (laughs) But a covenant looks different than that. A covenant is the way that God chooses to... uh, interact with us. And in a covenant, the person who makes the promise will do what they promised to do, not because you hold up your end of the deal, but because they promised they would do so. And so when God calls us into a covenant relationship as husband and wife, um, it's easy for us to think, you know, my spouse just isn't doing what they should be doing, but that's not what covenant's about. A covenant says, I will do what I promised to do simply because I promised to, not because you hold up your end of the deal or because you're doing the things I want you to do or not doing the things I don't want you to do. That has nothing to do with why we fulfill a covenant. And God honors those efforts of fulfilling a covenant um, in your marriage because, I mean, it takes effort and and God will honor that effort. And um, sometimes it's not always easy because it's... A lot of times we're, you know, playing it out as if we're living in a contractual relationship. You know, I'll scratch your back if you scratch mine. And um, that's not really what God calls us no. to do. And see, God gives us an example of what covenant uh, relationships should look like. Every time God made a covenant with us, his people, whether it was with Moses or Noah or Abraham or Jacob, every time he made a covenant, there was a promise and there was an event surrounding the promise, and and then there was a symbol. So like with Noah, after the flood was over and God made a promise to Noah that he would never again destroy the whole world by a flood. The event, of course, was the the end of the flood, and and the promise was I'll never destroy the whole earth by flood again. And the symbol of that promise was the rainbow that he gave to him so that every single time he saw that rainbow, he would be reminded of God's promise that he is always faithful to keep. Well, in in our relationship, one of the things that's so cool, because God's called us to have a covenant relationship, when I look at the wedding ring that I have, it's not 
a, as much of a reminder of the promise that I made. That one's important. I need to remember it. But Leslie slid that ring on my finger. And as she held that ring in place, she made a promise to me. And every time I look at that ring, it's a reminder of the covenant promise that she made to me. And then that reminds me of the promise that I made to her. And again, I'm so grateful that um, it's not just when I do what I'm supposed to do that her promise is, is held. She keeps her promise because she promised to do so. And I keep my promise because I promised to do so. Mm-hmm. So how does that play out? And, in, in, you know, we have 33 years <laughs> of marriage under our belt. And, and we have seen that, that that play out, those covenant relationships play out a lot of different ways. Yeah. So let's talk about some examples and how that plays out how that plays out in our marriage. Well, we want to share with all of you just uh, three simple ways. There's so many ways that a covenant will truly bless you, but let's make it simple and let's make it something that we can take today and just plug right in. Mm -hmm. So what does it mean to keep a covenant promise? What does that really look like? How can we identify it? But more importantly, how can we start living by it with with a simple uh, way to plug it in? Well, let's start by looking at keeping our covenant in the things that we say. Because when, when we have the privilege to come together as husband and wife, God says that he sees us as one. He says that for this reason, for, for the reason of marriage, a man will leave his mother and father and cling only to his own wife. And so we, we realize that it's really important for us to understand that covenant uh, promise that we made. So what would it look like to keep the covenant in the things that I say? One of the ways I know that that has played out in our marriage is that you, you said early on in, in your pastoral work that you would never use me or our family as an example from the pulpit without my permission first. Mm-hmm. And um, he said that. I mean, that was your words to me. And you kept that promise. He has never uh, talked about uh, me or the girls um, from the pulpit without my permission. I appreciate that too, by the way. And see, the things that we say can either bring us together or they can drive us apart. Mm-hmm. And when we come together in unity, we, we can look at a few important scriptures. We know that, you know, in, in Proverbs, uh, a word fitly spoken is like apples of gold in settings of silver. God tells us that. But something that I think really applies in, in our marriage, something for you to look at today, would be in Ephesians 4.29, where God tells each of us, Uh, in all of our relationships, but I think it's especially true in a marriage relationship, to make sure that you let no unwholesome talk come out of your mouth, but instead only that which is good for edifying or lifting up the other. And so when we look at that, what does that really look like when you you have things play out in your marriage? Um, One of the, the struggles that so many married couples have come to us and talked about both in the, you know, in the counseling office and in, in, in the pastor's office is um, how easy it is to go with the flow that the world is going by. And men, let me just talk to you for a minute. Guys, um, I know that it may be normal for some of the locker room talk to go on, to, to say things that, you know, that are 
that should be intimate and reserved just for you and your wife, but to talk about it with the other guys. I'm just telling you right now, one of the things I can do to honor and keep the covenant that I've made with my wife is to make sure that I don't participate in that kiss and tell locker room talk. It's not anybody else's business. It's something that should draw us closer together and make us more intimate. And the world might compare notes and talk about things they shouldn't talk about, but you can really honor your wife through the things that you say. And part of that includes the the places and things you don't say. Mm -hmm. And likewise, women, I'll speak just to you right now too. Um, One of the things that I do to honor Doug and the the things that I say is I don't badmouth him or gossip about him with my girlfriends. And um, that, you know, if I have something that I need to talk to him about that um, maybe that has rubbed me the wrong way or whatever, I won't badmouth him to the girlfriends. I'll go to him first and say, hey, we need to talk about this issue. And, and that's honoring because, mm-hmm. because that's honoring. <laughs> okay. And so we know that if we're going to love each other and respect each other the way that we should, what we say makes a difference. Mm-hmm. And so one of the things that you can do starting today is to make sure that you are very, very careful to be a little bit unusual in your communication. Say things that you think out loud and make sure that you don't say things that you shouldn't say. I'll give you an example. How many times, guys, have you thought when you've looked at your wife, I really appreciate whatever it is that she just did for you. I really appreciate that she made my lunch. I I really love the way she smiles when uh, she wakes up in the morning. Say those things out loud because when you say, and, and you don't have to say all of them, but pick some of those things that you're already thinking and let her know what you really think about her. And then make sure that she also knows that the things that are intimate are just between the two of you. They don't get shared outside of that relationship. Mm-hmm. And I think for me too, it's sharing the things that I appreciate about you and saying those things out loud because I often think, gosh, I really appreciate the fact that he took the garbage out this morning. <laughs> Or I really appreciate the fact that he puts the toilet seat down. Uh, you know, those are those acts of service are, you know, I notice those things, but he doesn't know that I notice those things unless I tell him, you know, I'm thankful that he takes the garbage to the road once a week, takes the garbage out from the kitchen, puts the toilet seat down, picks his socks up, you know, all the things, right? And we'll be elaborating on that one in next week's episode when we talk specifically about communication. But one of the other things that you can do uh, to keep the covenant promises that you've made is to keep your covenant through the things that you do for your spouse. Now, regardless of what uh, vows you took when you got married, they probably included concepts that were similar to, I promise to love, honor, cherish, protect, provide for you, forsaking all others and clinging only to you forevermore. Something along those lines. We can tell you've done a lot of wedding ceremonies. (laughs) (laughs) And So what exactly does it look like to keep the covenant by the things we do? What it means is we actually live out those things that we promised to do. Mm -hmm. Um, One of the things that comes to my mind is forsaking all others. Um, I was recently scrolling through my Facebook um, message messengers and I had a message from a person that I knew kind of in a previous life, a male that, and I didn't answer him back. And it, it was a really good example of forsaking all others. Not that that relationship was um, anything, but it might have been, you know, somebody might've said, oh, you know, 
So, so I didn't answer back. And that was a way that I said, you know, that I forsook all that forsook. Is that a good word? Sure. That'll work. <laughs> that'll work. The way that I forsook all others, you know, was I just didn't choose to answer that person back. Right. And, and we know that um, we get the example of, of part of what this looks like by looking at the life of Jesus. Now, make sure you bear with me on this. Jesus refers to us, his church, as his bride, and he's the bridegroom. And so we get to see that if we want to love, we, we promised to love each other. So what does that really look like? Well, one of the things that you can do is I, w- I want to encourage you to go to 1 Corinthians chapter 13, you know, the love chapter where Jesus is talking about the way that we're supposed to love and plug that into your marriage one descriptor at a time, mm-hmm. you know, because love is patient. Love is kind, love does not boast, etc. And and go through and one at a time, this is something that you can do that will truly benefit you, lift you up, edify you for weeks at a time. But this week, pick one of those things in 1 Corinthians 13 and where it says, love is patient. Uh, make sure that you intentionally are patient with your spouse as a way to love them. We've promised to do it. What's it look like? Well, God shows us what it looks like. And and you may not be able to, to do all of those things every single moment of every single day all at once. Take one thing from 1 Corinthians 13, plug it in this week. So love is patient this week. Be patient with your spouse intentionally in a way you've never been patient before just to show her you love her. I think one of the ways that that looks like for me is is being patient is not um, is being slow to anger, you know, quick to listen and slow to anger. Um, it, you know, if there's any frustration or whatever, you just kind of be able to put that just kind of let it slide. You know, you just let it slide and then listen, yeah. try to put yourself in, you know, your spouse's shoes. Right. And and so when you when you keep your commitment, keep your promise that you made. And, and you make sure that you're doing it in such an intentional way. There's that word again. But when you're being really intentional about honoring your spouse, and we talked about what that could look like. I'm not going to participate in locker room talk. She's not going to participate in the beauty gossip. parlor gossip. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to make sure that we honor each other, uh, cherish one another. That's one of those things where too often we just don't say the things we're thinking. Say the things you're thinking because you do cherish your spouse. Make sure that they know you cherish mm-hmm. them. And then forsaking all others is something that, that will help you really bring unity. God says he sees you and your spouse as one when, when there is no doubt to your spouse because of the things that you choose to do, that they are your one and only. It will bring you together in unity in ways that you may not have seen yet. Mm-hmm. I agree. Now, the third thing that we're going to look at, um, this one's got a couple of, of things that we can take and plug in today, is keeping your covenant in the things that you do with your spouse. So if we're one, we need to be doing things together. And, and we know the world is busy. Your life is busy. You've got so many things that you do that occasionally you probably catch each other coming and going. Uh, so how can you really live life with your spouse in a way that is keeping that covenant? I think that, you know, looking back on some of the struggles that we've had, it, you know, some of the... Um, hardships that that have been placed in front of us i think the one of the really hard ones was when my um when my mom passed away 
And I was, you know, I was grieved. It was really hard. And you came along beside me and kind of grieved with me. And that was, I, I appreciated that very much. And that was even before we were married. You know, I think that was one of the, that was one of the things that, that went, mm, I'm going to marry this man and I'm going to be married to him for a really long time. <laughs> well, and this is a way that, that maybe it'll help to be able to process a little bit about what God's calling us to do to live together uh, in our covenant relationship. Um, there are times when every one of us feels like we're all by ourselves. Mm -hmm. And those are times that are dangerous. Those are times that could if left where we feel by, like we're by ourselves, could actually put a wedge between us as husband and wife and could, could cause us to feel like we have to do everything completely alone. Now, it also provides an opportunity to come alongside and to truly show that, that we are one, just as God said, and to live in that promise with one another in a special way. But I want to make sure you hear this. God has called us to be together physically, emotionally, and spiritually. We need to examine each of those just for a brief moment. And so being together physically, we can understand that and, and, and being intimate. Now, it's easy for us to think about the intimate physical relationships that we have, but also being together physically so that... Um, when she has to walk into a doctor's office, I'm physically there with her holding her hand. But men, one of the things that's hard for us to understand is that to be to, to, to truly live in covenant with one another, um, it may be that you're with your wife emotionally. Can you describe what that looks like? Well, I think knowing um, in that communication, knowing that you understand how I feel that you are working to hear me when I say I'm sad or I'm frustrated or I'm mad, you know, that that's what it feels like to me when he's there for me emotionally is that he's working to understand where I'm coming from because we don't think alike and you don't think emotionally right. like, and that's good. Like I'm glad that we're different that way. We were made that way. Yes. So when he when you come along beside me and say, okay, I'm I want to know why you feel the way you right. feel and what you need me to do about it, or if you just need me to listen, you know, that's when I feel the most emotionally connected because right. um, you're working to try to meet me where I'm at, and right. usually where I'm at is someplace emotional. <laughs> now, one of the things, guys, I, I just want to make sure you you understand this. You may not um, feel because of the circumstance the thing your wife's feeling. But when you come alongside her, if something hurts her, that hurts you, you can meet her where she's at, even if the circumstance by itself wouldn't affect you the way it affected her. You know, one of the things that, that we get the privilege to see is that men and women are very different. However, however, uh, God's given us the opportunity not only to do amazing things, but to complement one another in the way we do them. And, you know, too often when uh, Peter referred to men, make sure that you come alongside your wife and said, you know, referred to the weaker vessel comment. I want to make sure you understand that. That doesn't mean what too many people think it means. Think about this. If we had two clay jars carrying water, one of them was much thicker walled 
and was heavier, but it carried water. We had the one that was thinner walled and carried water. They both have the not only the same ability to do the same job, but they have specific places where they fit better. The, the one with the thinner walls is lighter and easier to carry. The one with thicker walls is a little bit tougher. They both get the job done, but they're very different. But the one with the thinner walls can crack easier. That's all that the, that verse in First Peter was telling us. Men, understand that something might affect your wife differently than it affects you. Come alongside her, understanding that 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 she may she may start to to break something that you don't fully understand, but you get the privilege to come alongside because of the love you have for her. And even if it didn't affect you because of what happened, it affects you because of the way she's affected. And that's what it looks like emotionally to come alongside someone. Mm-hmm. Now, spiritually is, is going to be equally important. And we'll deal with that in more detail actually next uh, in two weeks. In two weeks. Yeah, but I think spiritually, you know, when you're looking in your marriage to grow it grow a spiritual intimacy that is going to also increase both the emotional and the physical intimacy because you're growing together spiritually. And so it's like a natural outcropping mm-hmm. to have a more solid, more solid. Is that, mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. We're going to go with that more solid to have a more solid physical intimacy and emotional intimacy as you seek to grow spiritually together. Right. Because when we look to solidify your marriage, it's going to be in physical, emotional, and spiritual ways. They're all going to come together in a very profound way. And, you know, feeling like you're all by yourself shouldn't be when you're married. And so we have a challenge, have a challenge for you to to love your spouse the way you're called to, to respect your spouse the way you're called to. But it's all going to start with understanding the concept of covenant. Mm -hmm. You made a promise. What will it look like? to live by those promises you made in the things that you say, to live by those promises that you made in the things that you do for your spouse, and to live by those promises that you made in the things that you do with your spouse. Mm. It makes me excited. And so... (laughs) Some of the practical things that we looked at are things that you can take today. Again, I want to encourage you. Um, make sure that you say things that you think so that your your spouse knows uh, how much you cherish them and love them and honor them. Make sure that you go through 1 Corinthians 13 this week. Pick one word. Mm-hmm. Love is patient. Love is kind. Pick one of them. And be intentional about making sure that you show love in that way this week and then add the next one next week and then also come alongside one another even though we are very different i'm grateful that we're very different we have the privilege where if something affects my wife the very fact that it affected her affects me even if the situation itself doesn't right i want to um also plug a book giveaway that we have we have heather erdman's book and Um, I don't know about any of you guys, but I love signed books. So Heather has autographed a copy of this book for us, and I'm going to be giving it away to a lucky winner this month. And so the link to to get in on the book giveaway is in the show notes, along with all of the scripture references. And another really cool bonus, we have designed a quiz Mm -hmm. that will determine if your marriage is a fair proof. Um, go ahead. ahead. Well, and what I wanted to share is the final thing in living in covenant together, keeping your promise by living together is this. 
One of the wonderful things that God gives us the opportunity to do as we seek his plan for us, as we start thriving in our marriage, not just surviving, is that we get the privilege to be able to come together in every single way. So what are the two things that people struggle with so much? Affairs, physical relationships, because their physical physical needs aren't being met at home. They look somewhere else and they find somebody willing to give them what they believe they need. Or an emotional affair, which can lead to other things as well, because they're not getting those emotional needs met at home. And we know that God's given us the privilege to where physically, emotionally, and spiritually, I get to give my wife everything that she needs. And physically, emotionally, and spiritually, she gets to give me everything that I need. And when that happens the way God wants it to happen, my desire is only to look toward her, never to look anywhere else. And likewise, my desire is to look towards you and not at any any not to anyone else. And a lot of times emotional needs is what women are searching for is their emotional needs to be met and men looking for physical needs. And so um, on the quiz, it, it will there's three sections and it will determine if your marriage is solid or if it's not quite so solid or if there is a danger of an affair. And so um, the link is in the show notes. Take the quiz. And so we want to encourage you. Take the, the, the things that we've learned today about a covenant. Take those, unwrap them, use them today. Saying, making sure that you live by the promise you made in things you say. Live by the promise that you made to each other and the things that you do for one another. And live by the promise that you made in the things that you do with one another. And we'll see you next week. Hi, we're Doug and Leslie Davis, and this is the Vision Driven Marriage.